Five minutes past eight. Let's get stuck into our Giddy Up Debate show on uh, this Wednesday morning. It's five minutes past eight. Miles Fitzner, hello to you. Hello, Gareth. Hello to the listeners around the country. Good to be on with you on a Wednesday, as always. And the man that will be representing Giddy Up in the racing fraternity in uh, the UFC in Sydney this weekend. <laughs> representing Giddy Up in the UFC. Yeah, we love him. <laughs> the, love that. The man that's um, named after the greatest of all time in Farlap. Far Jack joins us. Jack Jenkins, hello to you, mate. G'day, Gareth. G'day, Fitz. How are we, boys? I am well, mate. How are you, more importantly? Yeah, I'm trucking along up here. Training's going really well. Just getting through my media commitments and that sort of thing. And uh, get to wake up with the ray of sunshine on a Wednesday morning and join the Giddy Up crew to talk some racing. So, Love it. good way to start the day. Now, talking about, you know, how jockeys have to prepare for a race day and they might have to get down to... 54, 53 kilos uh, to be riding a horse that they think can be really competitive in the bottom of the weights and they don't usually ride that low. So it can be a, um, a stressful time for them to um, make sure that they're at the right weight. That's what you need to do coming up, Jack. Yeah, that was spot on. And um, at the spring racing launch dinner that we were all at the other night, um, it was a it was a nice sense of camaraderie with the jockeys there as the plates of food were coming by and we were all turning them down because yeah. they've all got spring spring weights to make and I had weight to make for this fight so yeah got to get the weight down but it's all it's all part of the part of the thing we sign up for and uh, my weight's fine at the moment I've just got to get a little bit more off today a little bit more off tomorrow and then I'll be good for the weigh-ins on Friday. Jacko, how does it go with strength? Like if you're not eating, like do you find that you you've do, got to do something different to keep your energy levels up. Um, we, I'm still eating, you know, throughout the day. I'm just eating less carbs and no sugars or anything like yeah. that. Still drinking plenty of water. Um, it's more just mental fortitude, mate. Like you can, you know, you, you're not going to feel 100. percent You never feel great, but once you get into your rhythm, you just you just get going and you just get to it. And you can think about the fact that you don't feel 100, percent or you can just get through your workouts. And you know, that's what we do. So, did, last one on this, but. So do you then, once you make the weight, then can you, like, then are you allowed to sort of have some of it back on or are you allowed to then go and sort of fill yeah, like, so your body I'll, up? I'll weigh, in at, I'll weigh in at 66 kilos at 4 p.m. And by the time I go to bed at 10.30, I'll be 73. Yep, right. So, yeah, I don't know how he does it, but yeah. you're, you're a bloody inspiration, Farjack, and you go and get them on Sunday. Seven minutes past eight, let's get stuck into our debate. Now, we had the nominations out for the Melbourne Cup there yesterday. And we had, well, in 2022, Sean Kelly has told me there were 97 horses, including 10 internationals, that were nominated. And this year, um, still in the Cup, there's 132 horses, which include 15 internationals. So looking forward to seeing this year's Cup. Unfortunately, we lost one of the big chances. I thought this horse would play a major part in this year's Lexus Melbourne Cup, and that was St. George. So he's had a minor setback. He'll catch a – we broke this on Giddy Up yesterday. He'll he'll catch a later flight now to Australia. He'll be aimed up at the Sydney Cup in the autumn. But our first topic to debate today is this, and this will fire up Milo because he was even getting stuck into me on Saturday yep. afternoon on yep. SEN my track. Word. My word. And the question I have for you guys here is Sulcum the horse to beat now in the Melbourne Cup after his performance there in the Heatherly on Saturday? Now, Vorban's at $7, but he's over in the UK, trained by the master and Willie Mullins. He still has to get to Melbourne. Sulcum at $9, Goldman at 11 Breakup at 13 
Francesca Guardi at 13, Tower of London at 13, Desert Hero at 13. I'll tell you why I think he'll win the Melbourne Cup this year, Salkham. He's a horse that we all know is a better horse 2,400 metres and beyond. He'll definitely pass the CT scan. He's based here in Melbourne. He won't go back to Sydney. He's enjoying life at that Mount Macedon property there at Chris Waller, who's just started that mount uh, that base there at Mount Macedon for some of his horses in Victoria. He sprinted like a, a new market hero there on Saturday. His sectionals were quite astonishing for a horse that we all thought that didn't have a turn of foot. And he'll love Flemington. And he'll get in beautifully with the weights. He'll probably win the Caulfield Cup on the way to the Melbourne Cup, Milo. I think you're getting a bit carried away a bit early here, G-Man. Now, admittedly, uh, I've just gone through and checked those sectionals, and, and they are. They're, they're nothing How sh- quick were they, Milo? They're, look, he's pretty Com- quick. <laughs> right. Compare that to, so, I wish I win. Right, so his last 200 is 11.16. <laughs> his last 400 is 22.2. Um, so he's gone quicker than, I wish I win, um, to finish. That's right. like Usain Bolt finishing. That's like Usain Bolt being a marathon runner. Now, admittedly, though, admittedly, uh, is th- this horse has got to do this up over further. Now, I know we're all saying that, look, it's going to get better as it goes. But, uh, I mean, the Heatherly, what's run second? Flash Flood? It's been a, it's been a pretty flash, handy race. Emissary, flash Emissary flood. won that race last year and was second in the Melbourne Cup. Flash Flood's run second, right, coming out of this race. I'm big on... People get sucked in. I told everyone in regards to to White Marlin. Everyone went, White Marlin wins the Melbourne Cup. They piled in. Well, White Marlin goes out to Packenham at forty. They piled in again. Was Packenham or Cranbourne? No, Packenham. Packenham. They piled in again. White Marlin went under. Now, look, obviously did a tendon. You can't pile into these horses the minute that you see one run. There's a lot of water to go under the bridge. Now, this is 3,200 metres. 3,200 metres. You've got to get a reasonable sort of an alley. Right, you got no idea about what these horses are probably going to carry, weight wise, and you've got horses that are just really good internationals that, that we haven't even seen yet. So if you're going to pile in the eight dollars for this horse in the Melbourne no, Cup, I'm just saying that I'd rather I'd back him. He's got to take on without a fight in the Caulfield Cup, but eleven dollars the way that you, he handled. You Caulfield. give me without a fight at twenty one dollars over Sulcombe at eights. Yeah, well, he's he's eleven dollars for the Caulfield Cup without a fight. Um, there's no value in these future markets, nah. I think, in the Caulfield and Melbourne Cup. But I'm just saying from a Melbourne Cup perspective, I want to see. I wouldn't be swapping my horse if I had Sulcombe. Well, you can take Sulcombe now and then you take it and yeah. then you give me a bit of time and I'll tell you when I'll lock mine in. All right then. Jack Jenkins, what do you think? <laughs> but it'll be a few weeks. Yeah. Um, look, a few points on that one. Um, Talking to the owners of Sulcombe the other night, by all reports, he wasn't wound up. He wasn't there to win and he wasn't, you know, even super fit and he just looked huge. So that's a bit of a scary proposition when you think about Sulcombe, isn't it? The fact that he wasn't Mm -hmm. there, you know, may not have been there to win and he's just come out and turned up anyway. Um, Me personally, I'm going to stick with, um, if I, you know, if I go what you had to do, Gareth, and just pick one and stick with it now, I'm not going to jump off who I thought was my pick, which is Francesco Gardi. Um, I think Waller's a genius and he's smart enough to have it set um, and coming through the right races that once it gets out further, it'll start to show a bit more. And I haven't been disappointed with its runs as of yet. It's just running over too short for its best. So it, it goes to Mooney Valley this, this week, Francesca Guardi. We might run through a few of the future markets as well. 
um, and get the opinion of Jack and, and Miles. Just quickly, yes. is, let's go back to this race. I just want to make sure that we run through and exactly remember um, what's happened here. Now, what race number was it on the weekend? The Heatherly. Yeah, the Heatherly. Yeah, so li- like listed race over 1,700 metres. you got horses like Jimmy the Bear, the Summit, Sir Lucan. He's a shocker. None of these horses were any ready to go. Flash Flood's been knocking around. It went midweek as into Saturday grade. It's a pretty weak little race. But it's the way he did it, Milo. I, I know it's the way he did it, yep. and that's fine. But then you've got to... You've then got to go and do it again over... I want to see this horse do it over 2,400 metres and do that, and then I'll agree with you. But there's absolutely no way you can have that horse favourite for the Melbourne Cup at the moment without seeing the others. No way. Well, you've got to have something that's favourite. It was $20 well, on Vor, the weekend. Vorban's favourite. This is the horse. $20 running. on the weekend it yep. was. It should 20, have been 50. No, They didn't even back it. It should have been 50 The way it won, it should have been 3 bucks. 100%. And they didn't have a clue as Johnny O'Neill and... That's what scares Jack, me. Jack Revolt. They didn't have a clue. Jack Revolt on Giddy Up, he said, well, um, we told that he would need an, um, extra ground. So we all thought that, but... He hadn't beaten a lot, though. He but, hadn't beaten a lot. I know, but that's a scary part. He showed a turn of foot and... Yep. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he goes second up. I've got a feeling he might be a little bit flat second up, but he'll be peaking Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup. So it's going to be, I'm looking forward to the Cup. At least now we've got a horse like a, a Sulcombe and the Richmond boys are involved and we can follow the narrative of a, yes. a horse like this. Good for racing. We, we Sometimes the Melbourne Cup is Great lacked. for racing. Yeah. yeah. And they can at least put a bloody shirt on. Do you know what, hey, I, would, Jack. Do you know what I would do? This is a little <laughs> bit... A pair of pants. This is a little bit left field here. Yeah. Now, bear with me for this one. I didn't put this on the list, but I've been thinking about this. Now, the Melbourne Cup's worth $8 million. If I was the VRC... I would drop that prize money a little bit and I'd put more money onto the champion stakes, the weight for age 2,000 metre race on the final day. Because when the Melbourne Cup was trying to attract the international runners, they were attracting the Vinnie Rose, the Oscar Schindlers, the Yates, those type of household staying names in Europe. But unfortunately, the Europeans quickly worked out that they could send their, like Stratospheres, for instance, they didn't send him because what had happened in the in the past with Oscar Schindler and those type of superstar stars, Yates, is that you couldn't win a Melbourne Cup at the top of the weights they found. So they decided that they found another um, a niche with the, the, their Melbourne Cup horses, the the rising European Southern, uh, Northern Hemisphere three-year-olds getting in at the bottom of the weights and then having success doing that. So, But those were horses that no one, no one really knew in Europe. And it was hard for us to identify here in this country. So what I would be doing is that I would be making races like the Adelaide Cup, the Perth Cup, the Brisbane Cup, those type of races. If you win, you're into the Melbourne Cup, which starts, and I think Bruce mcavaney has been big on this, which starts the narrative towards the Melbourne Cup a long way out from our great race. Yeah. And it gives people who, who love racing or not necessarily involved with racing a chance to follow um, a horse heading into our, our great race. And then you put more money onto the champion stakes and they do a deal with, say, Mooney Valley. And then you make both those races five million plus and maybe give a bonus as well. And for us to get the superstar international horses like the LeBron James of the industry, like a Paddington, for instance, 
you need to throw the big bucks at them. Otherwise, they're not going to come on. Yeah, that, I know. We're, we're seeing more internationals anyway. I still think it's not the prize money thing. It's still that um, scintigraphy. Um, the CT scans? Yeah. The, the, yep. yeah. What it's called, scintigraphy, isn't it? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, that scintigraphy side of things. But, I mean, we saw... I'm still mindful of what we saw... Uh, Dubai Honor come over and give Animo an almighty touch-up. We're going to see those sort of horses, when they come over, we're going to get a pretty good idea about some of these staying horses that have either been here for a year, whether or not Solcom's one of them maybe, or uh, or a new one come over. So I'm not getting too carried away yet, but but straight up, okay. I, I don't give any of our lo- what I call locals at the moment any chance whatsoever. What are you? What's your take on that, Jack? Look, I'm I'm absolutely with you, Gareth. On I think the the way they revamp Stakes Day from kind of a fledgling afterthought of the carnival into what is now Champions Day, which is now my favourite day, mm-hmm. hands down, it's Correct. my favourite day. Same here. Um, what what they've done there was a stroke of genius, and if they can do a little bit more to allure internationals there, that would be great. Like I'm 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 all keen for that. Um, Look, we're going to go through, you're going to go through different time periods in, in terms of what Miles said, where you're going to have um, horses come over like Dubai Honor and Animo, who is, you know, a champion of maybe not our strongest ever crop here. Um, but then you're going to have our times where we do have champions like a Winx or like a So You Think. And So You Think went over there and he did it. You know, he won an Eclipse and Irish Champions. Um, he won Group 1s over there over these middle distances. Why why wouldn't we try and lure more here? So when we do have these champions like our winces and our so you thinks, we can find out if they measure up on home soil. Hundred percent. We I don't I don't necessarily think that we need to go after the internationals for the Melbourne Cup. I think you still need a couple, but they're not sending their best horses. They're sending the, like the, 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 the they, up and comers. I oh, know, but they have to send. What I'm saying is, we everyone go. Oh, we might want a couple. No, no, no. We need them. Because our staying ranks are just genuinely crap. 100%, but like we can... need, it's not a, like a, oh, maybe come over. Like we 100% need these internationals. But we purchase them these days. So we yeah. can, so the Sulcum, for instance, he's not just coming for a hit and run. He's been in the system Correct. for a little while. He's owned by some of the Richmond footballers. So we can we can understand and follow the narrative. But now. you don't, but you just don't want, um, uh, you don't want to go over to Europe go and spend $2 million, buy the best over there that you possibly no. can because they'll all fight for it, bring it back here, win three group ones, and then it's where it's got the most money. But see, the, the you want the best international horses to come out here and to get the best horses, they need to compete in the wait for age horses, right, wait for age races. Correct. So Romantic Warrior is going to do wonders for the Cox Plate. He's a superstar. He's proven that. He's, he's one of the world's best. And he'll come here, with a, especially with his popularity in Asia and Hong Kong, he'll do wonders for that race with the World Pool. So um, I, I think that if Flemington, this probably will never happen, but the VRC and Mooney Valley work, in, work together and have the champion stakes, which will be the 2,000-metre wait-for-age race on the final day. And they, um, with the Cox Plate, do a deal together where if you get a bonus for winning both, I think that would be terrific for the game and it'll give us a better chance to attract the best horses in the in the world. Yeah, and just take it easy on these scanning stuff. Yeah. yeah. And that'll give us a lot better blame chance. Imagine if we scanned you. <laughs> you, oh, you would, yeah. Mate, there'd be no chance. Yeah. Let's, hey, what, what about if you <laughs> got scanned? some sca- red marks on there. Yeah, what about it? <laughs> we'll, we'll take a break. Gareth Hall, Moles, Fitzgerald. <laughs>
Jack Jenkins with you on uh, this Wednesday morning for our debate. 0499 736 736 to join our conversation. Still plenty more to come on this Wednesday. This is the Wednesday debate on Giddy Up. Well, 826 on. 0499 736 736. A few text messages coming through. Where's Curly O? Well, I watched his Twitter action there on the weekend. I rang him up and I banned him for a week. <laughs> Not on. Um, our stays are rubbish. There are jumpers that hack up on the flat over there, get on the plane and have lengths on our lot. Well, Salkham was an international runner. Hi, Gareth. I'm hitching my wagon onto your team, man. Salkham, don't worry about the opposition. And he was impressive at the end of last spring when winning the Queen's Cup over the 2,500 metres at Flemington. Looks like a better horse now. I'm at $34 from last year and again at $15 after his win on Saturday. Giddy up. Good on you, Dave. Now, this is a comment as we go on to our, our next uh, debating category. This was uh, Charlotte Mills, the head of racing yesterday, uh, the head of racing at Mooney Valley, when I asked her about has she been concerned about the criticism of the Mooney Valley track in the last month or so. Yeah, but I also think those owners and trainers are smart enough to put the right jockeys on who know how to ride the track. So um, with all of that assessment, with the walk of the track and the, the knowledge of the form, I think the right jockeys know how to win at our track. Oh, so that's Charlotte Mills there, and she was defending the track. And I think the track's old, and I, I feel for Tony Salisbury and Marty Sine with this track. But I'll go to you here first of all, Jack Jenkins. As a punter, um, are you confident in betting at the Valley? Um, it pains me to say it, Gareth, but I'm not at the moment. Um, like I'm, I'm not writing it off just yet, but I, I'm not loving where it's at. Um, I'm, I'm Mooney Valley was the first track I ever went to. I'm in love with the Cox plate, um, the grandstand, the mounting yard. I love everything about it. Um, but I've got to say after the last couple of weeks, I've genuinely been looking forward to the redevelopment, which I wasn't before these last couple of weeks. Um, the, I know the last couple of weeks it's sort of been in the headlines, but really, the track's been like this for years. Now, I've always said, and I've copped some criticism for it, is that when I do form, um, I cross out the Mooney Valley runs as previous runs, and I've always done form like that for probably 12 years, and it seems to have served me well. I've only ever been sort of quarter to half stake when I was like having a bit more of a go than I am now yeah. um, at the Valley because you do need a lot of things there to go right. Now, this is no different to, say, like a Morfittville Parks either. I mean, there are tracks that you have to get all the variables right. Now, talking to other guys that do it um, professionally is some of them actually find it easier because they might be more uh, astute speed map guys and they know that when they get a horse in a certain gate in a certain position at the Valley, they actually find it easier to bet Yep. At Mooney Valley. But overall, I mean, you'd only have to go and look at betting turnover. And I'd bet every dollar I had that the betting turnover at the Valley from the top end of town and the big punters would be down, uh, as opposed to a, a Flemington or a Caulfield. But um, the fact of the matter is, is everything has to go right. One of the great trainers, um, Tony McAvoy, told me years ago, he said, there are horses that go to Mooney Valley, they put their head up. And they are two links better horses. One of those horses was Hay Doc. Mm-hmm. Like he'd get off the he'd get off the float, put yeah. his head up, and 
I remember Tony telling me, he was like, they're two length better horses there. But you take other horses there and they are two length or three length worse horses. So you just adjust. I What I do is I put a line through Mooney Valley form. If they run six lengths last at Mooney Valley, just go off the run before. It doesn't matter. And um, look, if you want to find the leaders, something like that, or find a horse that's going to sit up on speed, go your hardest. You normally see around race four, race five, a correction. They'll all try and find the front. They'll overdo the tempo. You've only got to go back and look at the stats. So then there'll be a race about race four, race five, where some will swoop because they've gone too hard. Everyone thinks you can then make ground. So then they get on horses that yep. can make ground and the leaders win again. If you want to do the work and adjust, do it. But um, <laughs> it, it's just a track. It, it's like the price of diesel. There's no point worrying about it because you're still going to put it in your car. It's an interesting one because Mooney Valley, it was unforgivable how it played when the rail was out five metres at the back end of last season. And then it played slightly better there the other day, but it was still there were still lanes there at Mooney Valley at its yeah. last meeting. And I think it always races better in September. I've got a feeling that they probably won't get those winter meetings next year because of the way that the track played in the first couple of meetings since they come back from that renovation um, and that break over winter. But it does usually play better in September. I was looking at the fields. There's been a few owners and a few trainers that have been critical of Mooney Valley. Looking at now, we'll have the acceptances today. The fields look pretty strong. Um, so hopefully every horse gets their opportunity. And the McEwen Stakes is a beauty, and that's our next topic of debate here. You're gonna, just on that, though, you're going to see a lot of scratchings here. You're yeah. going to see scratchings because horses that are draw bad yeah. and that that doesn't suit their pattern, they will pull the horse out. And I think there's Straight a, up. And they've got to be careful in a way where I think the punters can work out, especially that second meeting when we had our review show. We could and Mitchy Lewis was good, Dicker had a field day, that you could work out the pattern and and you could tip and punt accordingly. Yeah. I think B said tip seven winners on racing.com's um, show there, get on. You had a big day at the Valley as well because you'd be able to work out the, the where you think horses are going to be in, in the run and how that's going to be an advantage there on a Saturday. But for, for owners and trainers, I think they get frustrated because their horses head to the track and they've got no chance. And they've got no other op. They've got, they've got to start their horses because then if they don't, it stuffs up their preparation Correct. For further down the track. If you're doing your form, if you're doing your form, your horse runs five lengths off the speed at the Valley or it wins by four, mm. just remember, get rid of it. Draw the line clean yeah. through it. It doesn't mean anything. The next start, it doesn't mean anything. We'll it it yeah. either likes it or it hates it. We'll take the news. It's 8.32. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is a Wednesday debate. Brought to you, of course, by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. Imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. And Pillaley, the 1,200 metre Group 1, wait for eight sprint star standing at Dali. Talking about Mooney Valley on Saturday once again, the McEwen's a beauty. It's Imperatrice v Giga Kick, but there's some nice horses also engaged in that race. Some 1,000 metre specialists, including... Acromantula that won at the Valley there the other day. Roth Fires trialled up nicely. Sue Style. She's Dances is very good. House of Serenity is a very quick mare that was formerly trained by Simon Miller, now with Team Hawks. Um, I think 
I know the barrier will play a part. I think Imperatrice can knock over Giggy Kick or beat him home. I don't necessarily think that they're, um, one of those two will win that race. But I've got a feeling Imperatrice is a little underrated and she might really announce herself. I think she's better over 1,200 metres as the, the best sprinter in Australasia there, Milo. Um, wild race. Yeah. Rothfire, I mean, can, he's done nothing wrong. Acromantula is going to Shanghai, fly to the lead. Serides will probably try and go with it. Don't think Houses Serenity's uh, she dances or Rattle and Banger got the capacity. It, it'll come down to a gate draw. Um, I mean, if Giga Kick, well, I mean, saw how Giga Kick probably won an Everest. I don't think in this, probably patting a suit. It's a, it's a funny old kickoff, really. Um, well, they've got no other option, really. Yeah, so... Um, Interesting race. You won't yep. find me betting. But I'd look, I wouldn't put it past Rothfire or Acromantula to win that either. Absolutely. What are you, what are you thinking, Jack? Um, such a fun race, yeah. uh, particularly just those top two in the market. I'm going to go with Imperatrix for a couple of reasons. You know, Miles touched on before. You get those horses that get to Mooney Valley and they put their head up and they just gain two lengths. And one of those horses is Bella Nipatina. And yeah. last year... In the, or this year, sorry, in the William Reed, uh, Imperatrice went arrogantly around the whole pack at the Valley and beat Bella Nipotina home at the track where she's dominant. So yep. I just think that, that if you take the track play into it, um, you know, Imperatrice is a bet for me. Yeah, I agree. I think she's like, I, I'm a little bit bewildered that she hasn't got a slot in the Everest yet. I know that's a different negotiation type of situation with mares because there's a lot more residual value with them if they can win a group one like a Moya or a Manicato. But I think she'll run a bottle of a race there on, on a Saturday. She's trialled up nicely. She's based at Cranbourne now with Tiako Racing Stable there at Cranbourne. So it's going to be a beauty. But sometimes you might see an upset with these 1,000-metre races, especially if the track's playing. If, if Acromantula gets it out front yep. and it's leaderish, it, like you know this, I, I know it's a, a step up, right, and some better horses, but if you've got a, a horse like that that's just got genuine gate speed, like it shanghais the gates as good as any, yeah. Acromantula, um, absolutely dead set shanghais them, and if that gets in front, it'd be hard to run down. 0499 736 A host of text messages coming through, so we'll get to them straight after this. Plus, we'll go through a few future markets, and we've still got one more topic to discuss, and that is, which jockey do you think will put their hand up after J-Mac announced that he'll be missing the next month with a broken foot? Welcome back to Getting Up, 0499 736 We'll get to the text messages in just a moment. Next topic to discuss, what jockey will put their hand up and stand up after James McDonald um, announced yesterday that he'll be missing at least the next month with a broken foot? And hats off to J-Mac. He's got a big heart. He's a tough man to oh, do what he did there on Saturday. Oh, Gaza Blanco, oh. mate. Oh, and I was on too. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, J-Mac, we wish you the best of luck and get well. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think Blake Shins now they're going to be the most um, popular jockey in the country. I think he's just – he's he, he's in the zone at the moment, along with Damien Lane. Um, and I think in Sydney, I think Sack Lloyd's going to get a lot more opportunities now, and he proved that. He took over Tiz Invincible from J-Mac after he couldn't make the weight, and he's getting some opportunities now with Godolphin. So, Jack, what are you thinking here? 
Um, yeah, look, I think even with J-Mac there, I think Zach Lloyd's probably still going to get some opportunities. Uh, I think if there's one that might, that might come up and get a few more, I think Tyler Schiller's a chance um, from mm-hmm. those from the younger generation of boys. But I also agree with you. I think Blake Shin's going to be in high demand. Um, it'll be interesting to see what a lot of these jockeys do on the big days in terms of choosing between Sydney and um, Melbourne now. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I, I think Tyler Schiller deserves, especially after his ride on Remark. I thought that was underrated on the weekend. Um, <laughs> Mate, the boy, you know, the, you know the boys, Jack. Some of the boys have come in here and absolutely rinsed Tyler Schiller for the ride on Remark. Well, I couldn't Johnny believe O'Neill it. I nearly fell over yeah. when he rinsed the winning ride on Remark. I thought it was underrated ride too, Jackie. What are they talking about? Oh, no love, idea. Love a, love a rinse. Yeah. Um, I just love to get into it. But I know, I think Tyler Schiller's great. And I think he'll, um, I hope he steps up and gets a few more rides in some big races. So Milo, I think Zach Purton might be featuring in Australia a little bit more. I know he's riding um, light infantry in the Cox Plate. He's yep. been booked for that game. Has he? Yes. Oh, we'll just get on now. Light infantry. Yep. Over Romantic Warrior. Yep. Hmm. It's one of my ones to watch. I'm already flying okay. with those at the moment too. Hey, yeah, love. I actually, I, I love that. Perch, Perch is my number one favorite jockey. He's elite. Trust yeah. him. He's Backed elite. him when he was on Artorias in yeah. that. What was the race in Sydney? Yeah, was Mate, love, uh, love everything there, about him. There's, no, there's not going to be one guy that'll fill J Max hole. But if you talk Sydney, you've got yeah, Zach Lloyd, Tyler Schiller, and Jason Collette goes under the radar yes. a bit. He's a jet. And Tommy Berry will be back soon as Tommy well. Tommy Berry will be back soon. And then, you know, the same old story. Don't forget, B Prebble's world class. Yeah. B Prebble's world class. Then you've got down here, and Kieran McAvoy, like, and then come down here, Blake Shin, Craig Williams is riding superbly, Oliver. I, I don't think it matters. I think sometimes with everything, I say this time and time again, people get too tied up with backing jockeys. You know what? If I go and pick the top... 15 in Melbourne 100%. and the 15 in Sydney, whack any of them on there. They're all going to make a mistake and they're all going to give them I th- a peach. I think, that, I think the situation, in my time following the game, there's been J-Mac who's been on a different planet than his rivals at stages. And I think Blake Shin's doing that in the uh, in Melbourne. Yeah, his confidence is th- up. I think he's in a, a different level to his opposition. Jumping horses from the gate, putting him in the right spots. I think Geordie Childs is in that sort of yeah, realm at the moment. Yeah, I, I think Blake's just in front of Geordie. Oh, yeah, Blake yeah. is at the moment. Well, it's... Well, it's such a confidence-based game, isn't it? Yeah. Like if you're sitting in the gates and you you know you're running hot and you just you're sitting in the reins and feeling good, of course you're gonna you're gonna keep that rolling. So with Blake Shin being confident as you hope he runs that through the spring. It's in the zone when you get the, the universe is on your side and you're getting all the right um, vibrations, and that's what Blake's doing at the moment. Jeez, you pull the crystals yeah. out, and start charging um, them too. Eight eight forty eight. We'll take the break. We'll come back with your text messages. Oh four double nine seven three six seven three six. Plus, we'll go through. Our top five ratings and uh, ratings, and we might go through a few future markets as well. This is the Wednesday debate on Giddy Up, Garrett Paul Jack Jenkins live from Sydney as he gets set for his big bout at the USC on the weekend. And Miles Fitz. Now let's get through some text messages before we get our rankings for our top five. Um, <laughs> He's, this is from Marto. He's clearly progressed and going well, but this time last year, Solcom CV was topped by a three-year-old handicap York win over 2,800 at 52 and a half. Good luck to Johnny O'Neill and the owners of him on Cup Dream, but suggest he's slightly above average 
Northern Hemisphere bred stayer highlighting a lack of depth in local stayers. That's from Mardo. So um, Mardo's taking Sulcum on, it looks like. Then we've got Light Infantry over Romantic Warrior. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, yeah, with price. I mean, I, we see that number all the time. That yep. bloke's a bit of a peanut. So Stuart says, has to be <laughs> Zach Lloyd <laughs> that will continue to stand up. Already a strong connection with top stables like Godolphin, Mara and Eustace. And his versatile will go from strength to strength over the spring. Boys, did you hear Zach Purton said that Romantic Warriors form isn't as good as it looks in Hong Kong and it won't hold up here. That's from Jess from Sydney. Yeah, interesting. You've got to wait and see with a horse like that. Don't forget the Magic Man's coming out here as well. Yep. Um, Who may? No, yeah. Um, Joey Mirura. <laughs> Tracks and their faster lanes don't change. Like roads, they're all designed on an angle so they will drain. Run on the high, dry ground and you'll find some lengths. Incor- Marcus. Incorrect, Marcus. Yeah. Incorrect. Um, Sorry. They won't scratch milers. They don't know the pattern until races have uh, run on the day. That couldn't be more incorrect. Why? Well, it's, they won't scratch miler. If they draw a bad gate, they will scratch. But it's, sometimes... It's, it's got no, patterns are relevant. Forget pattern. If, if you've got a horse that you know that their racing pattern will not suit them drawing 15 of 15, regardless of the track pattern, they will scratch. That's... I mean, we've been doing it for years. It's like the Murray Bridge start, right? Um, horses that on from that shoot, with the wind, if you draw outside of, say, 12 or 13, they pull them out. Now, I think that listener is suggesting if it was like Mooney Valley the other day, when you if you weren't on the fence that you couldn't win, should you be allowed to scratch your horse because you've got no chance? No, no, no. They, I said if they draw a bad gate, they'll scratch. Yep. The listener has said they won't scratch as they don't know the pattern until races have run on the day. It, it's not about scratching to do with the pattern okay. of the track. All right, then, morning. Talk about talk about the debate. We've got Miles v. the listeners yes. right now. I yeah, love mate, it. they're just wrong. Morning, Sorry. G. Loving the show, mate. What horse are you most looking forward to seeing run this weekend? Mine is Espiona, one of my favourite horses. Um, I think the most interesting horse for mine is Giggy Kicking, of course, Imperatry and those type of horses, like a Rothfire and Sue style. But at Mooney Valley... Globe is the horse I'm looking forward to. He goes around the benchmark 90, I think, instead of the fan. What about you, Jack? Uh, my favourite horse that I'm looking forward to? No, yeah, the, the most intriguing horse this weekend. Oh, most intriguing, definitely Globe. Yeah. Absolutely. Has to like be. It, it, it's just about whether he's a bit of a big, dumb brute by all reports. It's about whether he gets around the valley i'm actually spewing him up in sydney and i couldn't head down to the valley to watch him get around there <laughs> you got a bit you got a little bit on Jack. morning yeah, <laughs> yeah i got a bit on but <laughs> but uh i would have you know on any other week i would have been down there and had a look at him and see how he got around the bend there but uh yeah we'll see what that happens with the gate draw yeah. there and see see how we go yeah, they both work nicely they tell me they're at mooney valley yesterday in parrot trees and, and giggy kick my top five rankings do you want me to start Milo? yeah kick it away I, i'm right. yeah that, um just Oh, I'd be very careful this weekend on how you're playing. That's so, the one thing off the top. Be very careful this my, weekend. My top five last week, or I wish I win Amelia's Jewel Giga Kick, Mr. Brightside, Alligator Blood. Yep. This week. Here we go. Number five, Giga Kick. He didn't show up, so it was hard for him to earn any points. He, Correct. He races on Saturday. Yep. So he still, he, he survives. Amelia's Jewel, love what she did there under Damien Lane in Perth. What, in the trial? Unbelievable. Oh, here we go. No, I love her. You know, I'm, I'm the number one <laughs> ticket holder. I know, well, I'm number two ticket holder. I love her. Number, you know I love it. Number three, Sulcum. If, <laughs> if I like oh, him, yeah, the horse to beat in the Melbourne Cup. Look, it's shut up. No, he's three. Number two, I wish I win. And number one, 
play? Can you play the music You're for crook. me, Mr. Brightside? Mr. Hey, You're crook. he's flying at the moment. PB Lawrence, Memzy, he was off the track. Is that the bright side? Well, I, don't that, know I didn't think that no. was Mr. Brightside. Um, but I think Mr. Brightside, number one. All right, then, Jack. Go, Jack. Uh, number five, Amelia's Jewel. Number four, think about it. Number three, Zaki. Number two, Mr. Brightside. Number Zaki, one, you're I kidding yourself. You've got to put your head over your heart. Nah, Gareth, listen, listen. You've got to take runs on merit. I thought his run in Sydney had a lot of merit over not his best distance. And that form has absolutely stacked yes, up through yeah. Princess Grace. As he gets out a little bit longer, he's going to enjoy yeah. the distance. And I think he's going to bury a few big races this year. You understand what the old boys did there on the weekend. Sometimes age does catch up with you. Um, Jack Milo, your uh, life. Just the Princess Grace is a funny one. I'd keep an eye on it. Wowee, what a horse. Kyby Diva. Uh, number one, the best horse. Shot... start five. All right, five. A giga kick, you're right. Yep. D- doesn't, like, we haven't seen him yet, but can't lose too many points. Yes. Number four, Tis Invincible. Go back it in the flight stakes right now. It'll win it the group one. Legacies. I'll have, um, a, I'll have, there dinner, you go. I'll have dinner with you. Um, number three, In Secret. Second in the Concord there. Nothing short of superb. That's a good one. So best three-year-old, best four-year-old. Brightside moves to number two okay. off that win. And the best horse in Australia, as we know, and had no right to do what it did from that draw on the weekend, is I wish I win comfortably. We've run out of time. Hey, Jack, when can we watch you this weekend? Sunday Sunday morning, 11 a.m. on uh, ESPN and KO. Go I'll get him, brother. Go and get him, brother. Get hold of him. Go and Kick right, the boys, life out of whoever the bloke is. Just luck. kick the absolute SHIT I'll, out I'll of him. See you in the... Stay there, Mile. I'll get your tips for today. Don't go anywhere. See See you, brother. That's the debate. Nine o'clock.